skinny deals or the ones where you're not making any money cause you to lose interest. And sometimes people who are behind the skinny deals are the most difficult to deal with. So how do you deal with it? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show Studios, the non-windy How to Sell Show Studios. I recorded this episode when I was out on Oahu last week, and one, it was just way too windy, and two, I didn't have the mic volume up enough, and so I couldn't amplify it and then take out all the wind. So today's episode is brought to you by being indoors, and We're going to talk about the problem with skinny deals. And if you don't know what a skinny deal is, it means that there's not a lot of money to be made. And if there's not a lot of money to be made, there is not a lot of commission to be made. And when you take a look at what you do in sales, it's it's not very common to see every single deal go through without some sort of concession or discount. And I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying that you're not an amazing salesperson. I'm just saying that Sometimes you make deals that you don't want to. Sometimes you make deals that don't have a ton of commission. Sometimes you make deals. And that's the rule of sales. Now, I do know some people who can close just about every single freaking deal without any type of discount, and people love to buy from them. So I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying if we 80-20 this out, 80% of salespeople do a ton of discounting, 20% can get away without doing so much, okay? So not a bad thing. It just is what it is. Not trying to, to pick a fight. So I want to start with this. In 2016, JCPenney's did this thing called everyday pricing. And the executives had it in their mind. They're like, hey, look, you know, people don't want to haggle. What we're going to do is we are just every single day going to give people a good price for what it is. And drum roll, please punch line to the joke. It didn't work. It didn't work. You can Google this. In fact, you probably should if you're in sales. And the reason I bring this up is there is a dopamine rush when you get a deal on something. Okay. So last night I'm at a big box store and I'm walking through the aisles and I'm buying some cleaning supplies and I see generators. Now, do I need a generator? No. Do I want a generator? Eh, yeah. So, you know, with all the natural disasters and all the wild things going on in life, Scott needs a generator. So I walk by and these generators are open box and I pull the gas tank off. Uh, one of them that lit off the gas tank and I smell in there. It's never been started. There's never been fuel in this thing. And they're at half off. So, you know, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued enough to go home, grab a truck, go back and buy one of them because it was a freaking deal. Okay. So we, we all do this. Today's, today's example is I bought a generator last night. Your example may be something different. I'm just, a, a deal is something weird to everybody else. Like what's exciting to me may not be exciting. You'd be like, Scott, why'd you buy a generator? Well, you know, I live in Northern California. We've had a ton of fires. We've got all sorts of natural disasters. 
it's probably a good idea to, to have a generator to, to hook up the refrigerator to. You know, just don't want to lose a bunch of money in food. And I've got a bunch of neighbors that are cool that I like, and they don't have a generator. And if they needed to, I'd let them hook up their generator, their, their refrigerator, my generator. Like that's that's what it is. Back to the JCPenney story. So JCPenney found out that they needed to have sales. They needed to have people have the ability to get a dopamine rush. They needed to have the ability for someone to say, I scored. Okay. And your buyer does the same thing. Your buyer does because everybody has stood in line at a big box store at a grocery store. And somebody starts telling them how much money they saved on something. Like I saved 300 bucks on insurance. I'm like, I've never met you, but if you're excited about it, good for you. I'll pat you on the back. People need that feeling. They need to feel like they won. And sometimes when you meet with buyers, they just need a little win. They just need like, hey, got a little win. I'm good to go. Little win. I'm happy. And some people will fight you. Just absolutely fight you for every single nickel that they can save. And like uh, they, they lose all rationality. Their eye on the ball is how many nickels can I keep in my bank account? And I could think back, I was buying a car in 2013, 2014, and it was, it was a Scion. It was an XB. And, uh, I had driven a ton of Scion XBs for a company that I had worked for when I did full-time sales for them. That's, that was the fleet vehicle. And so I was familiar. I didn't even test drive this thing. I just like, I'll take it. So we're sitting at the counter and me and the sales guy are laughing and I'm looking in the cubicle next to me and the the guy, I can hear him talking, is asking about the depreciation line and the future value of the vehicle. And I could see the salesperson just get stressed out. Like I, I just saw it. Because some people, that's, that's how they buy. I'm not knocking it. It is what it is, right? I don't really care for vanilla ice cream. I like Rocky Road. Everybody's a little bit different. But sometimes, the reason I bring this up is sometimes you meet with that buyer. And you meet with that person. And skinny deals are just not that interesting especially when somebody's grinding on you. Because like when you think about it, you're like, every time you grind on me, I'm losing commission. And these long drawn out deals are not very fruitful for the amount of time that it takes to close a deal that is typically skinny. Most of the time, and I'm not saying every time, but it's, it's a long sales cycle. So one, there's no money in it. And two, it's long. So three, you're bored. That's the problem with skinny deals. Now on the flip side, there's times when you are legitimately a good dude or a good chick. Okay. You are, you, you, I could tell cause you're listening to the how to sell show. And there's times where you truly want to help somebody out. And for whatever reason, whatever circumstance they have in their life, maybe they're short a couple of bucks. Maybe they don't make the income. Maybe the, you know, it's not, it's not what they, they, they just can't come up with the money to do the thing. And you really want to try to help them out because like you're being a good person. And then that goes sideways because one, you got to go sell it to management and then they got to buy into it. And two, there's all the other people involved, all the paperwork, all the things that got to get done. And then sometimes that person doesn't recognize what you went through to get them what they wanted. And that there's nothing more frustrating than to take your time, energy, and effort and, and do the right thing as a salesperson and try to help somebody out and be cool about it only for them to flip out on you and, and not be happy with what they got because like you're, you're destroying the value. You're, you're taking a ton of value away. Now I'll give you an example from my life. I'll give you an example from my life. At one time I was dating uh, a woman and we thought she had MS. We, we did. We thought that she had uh, issues with what was going on. They couldn't diagnose her. 
you know, I live in Sacramento. We made a couple of trips to UCLA. We made trips all over the West Coast trying to get her diagnosed. And I go to this guy's house who had an issue with his furnace. And I'm able to get him a furnace for free. And at that time, I want to say for his style and what he needed, furnaces were about four grand, just for a furnace, four grand. Okay. California numbers. Remember, I live in California. So I, uh, four grand for a furnace. And I met his wife and his wife had MS and instantly like my heart sank because the, I couldn't get the guy financing. I couldn't get him approved. He didn't have money. He didn't have cash. And this was like right around 2007, 2008. So it was, it was, it was the bubble burst and it was cold outside. And depending upon how people have medical issues, like his wife couldn't take the cold. It was the middle of winter, middle of winter in Sacramento, not like snow, but for me, it gets cold. It's like 30 and 40 degrees. And you're like, Scott, I live in the Midwest. It gets negative 20. Like, eh, I don't do that. So I find this guy a furnace. I go to the manufacturers. Like I spend probably half a day of my own time and I'm missing deals. I'm missing other deals. So I find this guy a furnace. I find the manufacturers that are willing to pay for it. I find a way to get this guy at zero to get him taken care of because I felt for his wife. She reminded me a lot of my girlfriend at the time and I'm just doing everything I can to help, help him out and help her out. There's there. And there's nothing in it for me. Like there's zero dollars. There's nothing. I've got nothing there except for the ability to tell the story, which is the first time I've ever told it. Okay. Just so you know. So the furnace is going in. I'm, I'm getting the system installed for this guy and he's in the garage with me and he looks at me and he goes, I wish you would have at least got me a 90% furnace instead of an 80. And in my brain, I explode. So just so you guys know, if you're not in the heating and air business, which you're probably not, but that's cool. An 80% furnace means that for every $100 you spend on fuel, $80 is used, 20 bucks is lost. A 90 means $90 is used, $10 is lost. This dude could not accept that I just got him a $4,000 deal for free and he's complaining about it. Just complaining about it. Like, I wish you would have got me a different model. So I pull him to the side and I go, hey, man, uh, I didn't want to have this conversation in front of your wife. But the reason I did this for you is because my girlfriend has MS. Right? Uh, you got to be gracious about this. I got you a $4,000 furnace for free. And now you're complaining about the one that I got you. If it was anybody else and your wife didn't have MS, I would pull my install crew off. I'd rip this furnace out and tell you good luck. I mean, I was hot. I was angry. I was mad, but like sometimes when you go to help somebody on a skinny deal or a deal that's got zero, uh, people don't understand. Now let's uh, move forward a second here. Cheap people are typically time sucking, demanding time vampires. They are ask holes, A-S-K hole, ask. They are ask holes. They will ask tons of questions. They will chew up your time and when you have other people around, they're the, they're the people who are holding you back from closing more deals. And you got the other sales guy from the cubicle or the person next to you just closing deals left and right, laughing and smiling at you, right? That's, that's the hard thing. It's bad enough that you're dealing with uh, cheap Charlie. It's bad enough that you're dealing with cheap Charlene, right? But now you're looking at the other people and they're closing deals and you're like, oh, I could be closing deals. Why did I get stuck with this person? What's going on? There, there's all sorts of people out there and I'm not 
I'm not going through this to pick a fight with anybody because like how you buy is how you buy. How I buy is how I buy. I I look at that. I value my time. If it costs me a couple extra nickels to save some time, I'm going to do it. If, if I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I train and work with salespeople. I don't want to waste somebody else's time, but there's plenty of people out there that, that look at you as like, you're a salesperson. You're bottom of the bottom of the pond earth scum, right? There, there's people who don't have a good opinion of salespeople because there's been some really bad dudes and really bad chicks out there that have caused some problems. And there, there is a certain element of gurus out there that will tell people to do this thing. What they'll do is they'll say, Hey, Download this form letter from my website and send it to a bunch of people and somebody's going to bite, okay? And what this letter says is, I want to buy a product, good, or service. I want all of these things thrown in and I'm not going to pay more than, fill in the blank, let's say 20 grand. And they circulate this letter to dealerships. They circulate this letter to in-home salespeople. Uh, I've seen this in a lot of different industries. I've seen it in roofing. I've seen it in plumbing. I've seen it in heating and air. I've seen it... uh, evidence of it in the car business because of people in the sales groups that I'm in. Uh, I've got a friend that does medical sales and she got one of these recently and we kind of laughed about it. And the thing is, is someone is going to take that deal. Someone's going to respond to it and be like, yep, I want that deal. You know, I need to, I need to end my month. I need to end my quarter. I need to get out of a sales slump. So there, there is a buyer for every salesperson. There is an issue that happens, though, is if every salesperson should get good with every type of buyer. I have my own kryptonite. I'm going to tell you right now. There, I I am not a 100% closer. I'm going to make a confession to you here on the How to Sell Show. I'm not 100% closer. And the person who uh, is my kryptonite the most is the analytical buyer, the engineer. Me and them, mm-mm, don't get along. Just don't get along. And you could probably be laughing right now and be like, ha, 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 Scott, that person's really easy for me. Okay, cool, right? No big deal. For you, it might be the ADD buyer that's got a ton of questions. They're all over the place. Everybody, every salesperson I talk to has their kryptonite. Every closer I talk to has their kryptonite. It just, it becomes less and less over time. Well, the reason I bring this up is very important because if you work for an organization and you get good with every type of person, every group of people, uh, then you can become typecast. You can become typecast. Like the the office may say, hey, sales dude, sales chick, you're really good with fill-in-the-blank type of person, group of people, and you close deals. And they start sending stuff your way. And uh, your time gets chewed through. And we're going to go right back to this. The problem with skinny deals is it takes up a ton of time, effort, and energy most of the time. Most of the time, not every time, most of the time. So you got, you got issues with time, effort, and energy. So you're putting all this time, effort, and energy, and it's a skinny deal, and you're not getting paid that much commission. And to top it all off, it's not very interesting. It's not very interesting. You know, I could think back of people that I sold things to that were super cheap. And then when the phone rang and I knew who it was, I'm like, oh, come on, not this guy, not this girl. Mommy, make the bad man stop. You know, I don't, I don't really want to deal with this person because most of the time, I'm going to make a generalization. Cheap people can be difficult to deal with because they want everything and they want nothing to pay for it. Especially, especially if they're a celebrity. See, celebrities are used to be given things for free. They're used to people sucking up to them. 
And so when you're like, hey, here's my product or service, my widget or my gizmo, it's 20 grand. And they're like, no, that's too steep of a price. I was thinking like five. Because they're so used to people just vying for their attention and their attention to them is like discount. So they don't have uh, anything based upon reality. And so it doesn't matter if they're an influencer. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, a local celebrity, a quasi celebrity or a big time celebrity. And once again, simmer down. This isn't a hundred percent, but I'm giving you some insights of things that I've learned over 20 years of selling and issues that I've ran into. So yes, there's two types of celebrities. I want it. I'll take it. Here's some money. Then the other type of celebrity is I want it. I'll take it. And you got to give me every major discount that you get. And I want you to make nothing. And at the same time, I'm not going to give you anything for it. So somewhere in between, pay full price, give you nothing. That's the way you're going to have to deal with celebrities, okay? So what ends up happening too is there's people out in your industry that are setting up bear traps. Now, a bear trap is something that you run into that you're not prepared for. I'm going to give you another example from my life. 2006, 2007, I had a guy that I competed against. And we were competition. We were not friendly competition. We were not friends. Like I have friends from a lot of different companies and a lot of different places all over. We're friends. I would go to their house. We'd barbecue. We'd hang out. That's a friend. This dude, I kept for like three months, I kept getting weird sales calls. I kept getting these weird sales calls. And like just the strangest circumstances. Now, statistically speaking, you're going to go through a run of cancellations. You're going to go through a run of credit declines. You're going to go through a run of laydowns. But like when you take a look at the grouping and the schematics of it, if you if you give it as an outlay and you, you do a scatter chart, weird calls, they happen. And you get a run of weird calls. But three months of them, oh, come on, you know what's going on here? So I run into this sales guy. I run into this sales guy and he's got the biggest smile on his face. And he's like, hey, Scott, how have your sales calls been lately? I'm like, why? And he says, every time that I run into a weird call, I give up on it and I send it to you. And you're like, Scott, what in the world does this have to do with a skinny deal? Sometimes your competition is playing you and they know that if they can chew through your time and send somebody off your way and make them deal with you, they can go out and close a deal. Now, there is a danger with pushing off leads because it gets easier over time. There is a danger every time that you say, eh, I'm just not going to do this deal. I'm going to give it to somebody else. I'm going to push it on to the green pea. I'm going to push it on to a, a, somebody in the competition. It starts tricking your brain and your, train, your brain starts thinking, I could do this with every deal. And then you start making zero. So there is something to be said for closing deals. There is something to be said for getting max commission. And there is something for you where dealing with skinny deals is not always fun. But how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to work with it? Because that's not that's not up to me. Like how you generate your income and how you deal with your closing rate, that's entirely up to you. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.